first I was like, okay, let's set the goal for $10,000. And my dad's like, okay, that's a great goal. So 45 minutes later, I was in tears because I got to $10,000. It was crazy. It was one of the best days of my life. And then uh, like a month in, it got to 46,000. And I actually did not expect the support, but people are just believing me and I'm super excited. This is Kid CEO, the show about kids who are swimming against the tide. From entrepreneurs to authors to philanthropists, Kid CEO is showing the world what kids can do. I'm Benjamin Wong, and today we're talking to Carter Ma the 11-year-old who took a simple problem and turned it into a new way to revolutionize the flip-flop. In today's day and age, it's becoming a lot harder to start a company that sells physical goods. Because for one, it requires a lot of initial investment, or the money you're going to use to research and develop, or buy your first set of products. And especially for kids who don't have $100,000 to spend on their company, an online platform or a handmade product is much more efficient. But those can only go to a certain way. And at some point, if you really want to scale, it has to be done in mass production, which requires that big investment. Today's guest, Carter Wa, went against these expectations. He was only 8 years old when he was at a vacation in the Caribbean, when his flip-flops started breaking. Now how do you have fun on a vacation when your shoes keep falling apart? He left that vacation with the idea for crits. This was a way for him to combine his favorite parts of clogs and flip-flops to create the ultimate adventure shoe. From the very start, Carter's dad being an experienced serial entrepreneur, said that if they were going to do this, they were going to do it right, and that they would go big or go home. And that's exactly what they did. Starting out in the beginning, Carter talked to some of his dad's contacts to learn a little bit more about inventing and manufacturing. After that was done, it was time to get crits rolling. He set up a Kickstarter for these shoes and ended up raising over $40,000 in only 45 minutes. As you're listening to this episode right now, Carter is in Northern California, shipping out all his flip crits. But Carter's road hasn't always been so smooth. Being an entrepreneur in a heavily broken into shoe industry and better yet a kid entrepreneur. So how did he defy all expectations and get through all these obstacles? When asked, Carter doesn't compare himself to the next Crocs or Nike. He wants to be the first Crits. I like to climb trees do lots of sports and things like that. Where was that vacation when you were eight? It was actually in the Caribbean. What were you doing there? I think we were just having a good time, just experiencing. And it was my first time, so it was amazing. 
What was your favorite part about that trip? Other than, you know, the idea for crits. It was probably going to the pool and swimming with my family, and it was really fun. Would you say that, you know, your biggest takeaway from it was the issue with your shoes? Actually, I think it was because it was totally different from what we were doing. So what was so bad about, you know, traditional sandals or Crocs? Um, so the flip-flops, I was running around in them and they fell off and I stubbed my toes and no one wants that. So I got my Crocs and I started running around in them, but they gave me lots of blisters and sweaty feet. And so I needed a solution. So I decided to make a shoe. Okay, so with crits, was the sneaker or not sneaker, the sandal problem something you had experienced before that trip or was it really only in that time in the Caribbean when you really understood and realized that issue? Well, I did run around in my flip-flops a lot. I stubbed my toes sometimes, but in the Caribbean, I was just over it because I was on vacation. So yeah, I think it was the point in time where I was just over it. Would you say that you were like a like sneakerhead, like one of those people who was not obsessed but really cared about their shoes, or did you not really care too much about the shoe? At first, I did not really care about the shoes that I was wearing, but um, once I got into crits, I started notice- noticing how um, important shoes were. So I'm getting into shoes more, but no, I'm not like a sneakerhead. You often, um, for business or non like personal reasons, do you often like when you go to the mall, go to like an Adidas or a Nike? I think I go to Nike and Under Armour because um, their shoes are really grippy and they're really comfortable on the bottom of my feet. So um, yeah, I go to those those two. So let's head into the realm of entrepreneurship. Sound good? Yeah. All right. So when you were young, were you always interested in entrepreneurship, like even younger than eight? No, I don't think so. I didn't know what the word was, so I didn't really know. Would your friends and family like describe you as a very ambitious kid? Um, yes, I think so. Before you were eight, like before you had the idea for crits, what did you want to be? I think I wanted to be a professional lacrosse player because I love lacrosse and just the game. So that's what I wanted to be. Do you still play a lot of lacrosse with, you know, all the crits going on? Um, yes. What I do actually is that I'm running around and once I get tired and it's um, practice is over, I take off my cleats and put on my crits and just walk away. So they're actually really convenient. That is pretty convenient. You know, you're solving your own problem. You know, first things first, just solving your own problem, which is great. So Crits was your first sort of business, or did you have like a lemonade stand, anything else? Um, I did make a lemonade stand once, but um, what I mostly did was cleaning cars, mowing people's lawn, and um, taking dogs for walks. And I did that for fun, but I also got some money but I just like the outdoors and animals and people, so I just decided to help out. Where did you spend that money? I think at first I saved it, and I just added it all up, and um, I actually don't know what I did with that money. I think I'm still saving it right now. 
Saving is never a bad idea. So you came out of this trip with the idea for crits. Do you think your parents thought you know you're going to actually go through with it? Well, at first they were still wanting the idea and what I imagined, but once we got more into it, yes, I think they believed in me. And so when you get home, you're like, I'm going to go do this. What's next? What do you do when you, the second you go home? Well, I had no idea what I was doing, so my dad surrounded me with a bunch of consultants and lawyers. For an example, um, two of them were named Kim Thomas. She was my manufacturing consultant. And then my intellectual property lawyer, his name is Chris Passarelli, and he taught me about um, intellectual property and copyrights, patents, and the list goes on and on and on. And so does the people that were helping me. How did your dad uh, know some of those people? Um, so my dad actually owns a wine business called Wall Family Wines, and he has intellectual property lawyers, but he does have, I don't think he has manufacturing, manufacturing consultants, but he just knew lots of lawyers and had lots of friends and he just gave me those people. Did your dad found the Wall Family Wines or did he like inherit it from his father? Um, yes, he founded it, found Law Family Wines. He has been doing this for 20 years, I'm pretty sure. And he taught me entrepreneurship and he's the one who inspired me. Yeah, the reason I asked that is that I've noticed some trends in interviewing a lot of kid entrepreneurs and like nine out of 10 times, their parent is also an entrepreneur, which makes sense though. Would you agree? Yeah, that actually does make sense because their parents are teaching them entrepreneurship and then their parents are just like, you can do anything. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can. So they decide to make an idea and their parents listen and they have the money for it. So why not do it? Definitely. Would you say so you would say that the, a lot of your entrepreneurial spirit comes from your parents? Yes. OK, so. The name Crits, was that the original name? Um, at first we were just trying to make out names, but my nickname is actually Crit. And a year before the vacation, uh, my brother was playing with his friends in the backyard, just shooting some basketball. And I came out and started annoying them, slapping the ball away from them. And my brother walked up to me and said, why are you annoying us like a critter? And I said, well, I'm your little brother. What else am I supposed to do? And he's like, well, I'm going to call you Critter now. And I was like, okay. The next day at school, he told everybody in the school, call me Critter. Like, what I mean, everybody, it's everybody. And apparently he was really popular because I went to school and I walked up to my friends and they were like, hi, Critter. And I was like, um, okay. And then I started getting used to it. And then um, we soon shortened the name to Crit. And then I used my nickname for the company. So I'm Crit and the company's Crits. That's a big brother for you. Did you get along with your big brother a lot? Yes. Um, sometimes we had some like short fights, but yes, I got with my, got along with my brother a lot. And I still do. And we do lots of games with each other, which is really nice. How much older was he? He's three years. So does he still help out a lot with um, the company? Yes, he does help out a lot with the company. 
Well, I gave him 20% of the company because he was um, just a really nice brother and he got my nickname. So I decided to give him 20% and then he's helped me a lot through my journey. Uh, who owns like what percent of the company? I own 29% or 25. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's 25.90. And then my parents own the rest of it because um, they're, they have the money for it. But once I'm 18, they'll give the company to me. Sounds like a plan. All right. So when you went to create the prototype, there were so many issues that you were trying to fix, like, you know, blisters to make sure it didn't break. If you could only narrow it down to one, what was the most important fix in that prototype that you were trying to solve? It was the materials. Because the right materials um, won't give you any blisters or sweaty feet. So um, Kim Thomas, my manufacturing consultant, she took me to different suppliers. I picked out many different materials, and then I got the materials that I like best. Here, I'll just tell you them right now. I have the Viber Outsole, which is a mountaineering outsole. So it's super grippy, and it's made for mountaineering. I have a memory foam footbed wrapped in leather, so it's super squishy. There's synthetic leather on the top, and if you get dirt on it or just mud, it's really easy to clean. You can just get a wet paper towel, wipe it off, and boom, your shoe's clean. And then under the synthetic leather that's touching the top of your foot is called neoprene. And make sure that you have no blisters or sweaty feet. So that's my design. And I picked all these materials. I took them to the factory. And then um, I told them what I wanted. I showed them my design and then they made the shoe for me. Um, we did lots of tweaks to it but I finally got them price, or they told me the price, and then it was $100 to make in the US. And that's just way too much, and I want people to afford it. I thought it was over for me, but then my grandpa, he has a nonprofit called Breaking Cycles. He was working with someone called Yachin, and she was just like, so how's the company going for Carter? And he said, well, it's not do doing too good. I don't think they're going to make it. And Yachin said, well, my dad has a couple factories in China. Can you send over his last so that we can see if we can make samples? And my grandpa was like, yeah, of course. He told my family and then the news got to me and I was so excited and I was ready to go. Yeah, I could definitely feel that excitement. So at the time when you were doing the manufacturing, did you have like, any idea of that process like were you reading books about manufacturing were you watching youtube videos or were you more focused on like the business side of it i was focused on the business side of it um i didn't have lots of time we only had like a week to be there so i focused my time on crits i wasn't really watching any youtube videos on manufacturing i was just um making sure the business was done and meeting up with Kim Thomas and doing the work. Initially, would you say you're trying to make money or was it more for the learning experience? I think it was more for the learning experience because I was just solving a problem for me and people just helping out. But then once I think about it, I am making money, but I'm also doing something for other people. And speaking of people, I actually have a... Um, program called Crits Cares, and every time um, someone buys a pair of crits, $2 goes back to my elementary school, 
because they're having hard times going through this coronavirus and having materials for kids and internet. So I wanted to help out. And once I get bigger, I'll send money all around the world to different schools and charity and more charity. Definitely a really great idea. Uh, you said it was $2 that you donated from every shoe. It's a great idea, you know, giving back uh, to your community. So you talked about Kim Thomas and the intellectual property consultant. Were they surprised that you were so young? I think at first, yeah, they were really surprised. They were like, oh my gosh, it's a kid. And people, like adults that went to the factory, they would make like eight pages long of what they want on Squishy. And I just told it to the point and they were like, wow, he's actually pretty good at this. So I think they were surprised, but then they got used to me. And now they think I'm pretty good at this. What about the uh, people at uh, the Dragon Warehouse or the manufacturing in China? Were they even more surprised, I would assume? Yes, they were probably even more surprised because they only see like people that are adults and they've probably never seen a kid that's gone from the U.S. to China. So I think they were really surprised. So the, the first sample, the first sample ever, was it exactly what you wanted or was there still a long way to go? Um, there was still a long way to go. It actually took me three years to um, get this whole process done to, to Kickstarter. And we had um, sizing wrong for over a year, which is crazy. The tow bar hurt. Um, the materials did not work. And then I finally got the right materials and now they're all working. And the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's just run, ran me down a little, but I'm pushing through it. And yeah, it's going great. The sizing was wrong. That's crazy. So the initial design, was it the very first prototype you ever received? Was it pretty, what do you say, you could tell that it was a previous version of the today's crits or did it look completely different than what it is today? It looked completely different than it was today. It was like the, I'm pretty sure the memory foam was like made out of cork and it looked pretty cool, but it was much different from what it looks like today. Did you prioritize fashion or function? Um, function, for sure. When we come back, we're taking another step in Carter's entrepreneurial journey. I am Benjamin Wong, and you've been listening to Kid CEO. Hey, it's Ben here. If you like what we're doing here on the Kid CEO podcast, if you get entertained or inspired by some of these amazing stories, or if you think of me as a friend, which I hope you do, because even though there are so many of you listening right now, I am talking to you personally. Me, Talia, and the rest of the Kid CEO team are here for you every week with a new episode, but we need you to be there for us too. If you use Apple Podcasts, just scroll down and give us a star rating. In fact, if you write us a review, I will shout you out in next week's episode. Additionally, if you don't have an Apple phone, no worries. All you have to do is share something through social media and tag at Podcast, and I'll like it and reshare it. Or if anything, just tell some of your friends about it. Thanks so much in advance.
Hey, welcome back to Kid CEO. This is Ben here. Hope you enjoyed the first half. It was amazing. But the second half is full of surprises. Stay tuned. All right. So you now have this shoe that is durable, that's comfortable, um, and that you can use yourself. Why are you constantly telling all your friends, all your family to go check it out? Or was it still something under wraps? Um, so when I went to LA, I brought my iPad with me and I was just texting everybody. I'm in LA, I'm making shoes. And they're like, oh, that's great. I pretty much told everybody. I'm not sure if I was supposed to, but I did anyway. And my parents were fine with it. So I just told a bunch of people and they were super excited. What was their like very initial reaction? Were they like, wow, or were they like, were they a little skeptical? They were a little skeptical because my friends are like, I don't think a kid can make shoes. Now, like, I'll we'll see about that. And then other people were just like, okay, maybe I should start listening to my kids. Definitely, you know, kids have really great ideas, um, and it's just that a lot of times they're way down and just kind of disappear. So, Carter, in your Kickstarter, you raised forty thousand dollars. Did you ever expect that much support? Um, it was actually $46,000, which is a lot. And at first, I was like, okay, let's set the goal for $10,000. And my dad's like, okay, that's a great goal. So 45 minutes later, I was in tears because I got to $10,000. It was crazy. It was one of the best days of my life. And then uh, like a month in, it got to $46,000 and... I actually did not expect the support, but people believe in me and I'm super excited. 46,000 in 45 minutes. It's almost a thousand dollars a minute. That's crazy, Carter, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's super crazy. I mean, did you, how did you, how did you do it? Um, well, we had PR, um, Pulp, which is public relations. It's just getting the word out. It's, um, you know when you have ads on Facebook, you scroll down, you can see them, and then they press a link, and then, boom, they're to my website. They're like, oh, the Kickstarter is coming out. They go onto my mailing list, and when it comes out, they're like, oh, I want to buy these shoes. And I also have um, someone named Ashley DeFranco, and she just helped me getting the word out, too, on different social media platforms. And she did lots of work for us, and that's how we got the word out. Do you think a big part of so many people donating was because, you know, it's a kid entrepreneur starting out or was it, you know, completely about the idea? I think it was both and that I actually cared about them and what I was doing. And um, I just want to make people happy. And I think they saw that in me. So they wanted to support me. And I think that's amazing. And yeah, I think that's how it happened. Okay, so in it was July when you had the Kickstarter, was that correct? Yes. All right, so you now have forty thousand dollars in in the bank for the company. If you can go in as much detail as possible, where are you planning on putting that money? Um, inventory for sure. We need inventory for shoes. Um, lawyers because we need to pay them for what they're doing. Um, PR, public relations, and those are really important things and ads and those are really important things so we're spending that money right now for 
those things. But once we get bigger, we'll um, send out the money. And um, the Kickstarter will actually come to people in November. So they'll get their shoes in November. And we have like a bunch of people out just wearing crits soon. And it will get bigger and bigger and bigger. About 2,000 people, which is perfect. And I hope they will spread the word. Wow, 2,000 people bought crits? Yes, in Kickstarter. Crazy. Do you think the idea for the shoe like sells itself? Or do you have to like explain it a lot? Um, I think it sold itself. I was like on Facebook Live, I was just telling my story, people were asking questions, and I just got the groove of it, and I think people kind of liked me and my idea, so I think they just wanted to support me, and I think that's amazing, and everybody that did, thank you so much if you're watching this, and yeah. Alright, so you raised all your money um, from two ways, your parents and the crowdfunding. Did you have any, like investors um no we did not have any investors but um um nordstrom actually invited me and i'm going onto their website and if coronavirus wasn't here i would be in the stores telling my story wow so are, are you planning on getting crits into the nordstrom stores yeah we're already in we're getting in soon oh so right now you have your online uh, or not right now in november you'll have nordstrom and your online shop, right? Is there anywhere else that you're planning to go? Well, you are probably one of the first to know, actually, right now. And um, we just need the inventory. So yeah, it's going to be pretty soon, probably November, December, around there. So you can buy my shoes around there at Nordstrom. And yeah, it's going to be pretty crazy. How many pairs of shoes did you buy in that first order? We brought 3,000. Yeah, that's correct. 3000 And your price for it, I believe it was around the $45 mark. That was the price for the kid shoe, right? Yeah, and for the um, Kickstarter, it was $55. I'm pretty sure it was plus tax, but they were actually $45, but $10 tax. So, so let's um, do some predictions. So next year, where do you think crits will be? Next year, I hope um, we're going to be pretty good in Nordstrom. I will be in the stores telling my story to people. Maybe they'll buy the shoes. That's where I hope to be in a year. If it could get even bigger, that would be amazing. Three years, I would have my own stores around the world and people would buy them. And um, I'd spread happiness, safety, and security to all critters, which we need that in the world right now and I would spread out money to people and it would be amazing. Five years. Um, I'd probably be higher than Nike. I hope, maybe, probably not, but that's my dream. And um, I would be solving more problems, not just shoes, many different things. And I would make new ideas and be a true entrepreneur. And you would be 16 back then. So 16 working at Nike in like a corporate job. That, that's amazing, Carter. It creates isn't your life goal, right? It's more of like a stepping stone? Right now, I don't really know. I think Crits is my kid goal right now. And my life goal, uh, my life goal, I don't know what my life goal might be because I'm still 11 and I haven't really chose yet. I haven't really thought about that. Has anyone ever doubted the company because of your age? 
Um, not that I know of, but I'm sure someone has in saying that I couldn't do it, but it doesn't matter what they think. Exactly. You know, you, you they can see your results and they'll realize that they were wrong. Do you think you could have accomplished what you've accomplished without the support of your parents? No, I don't think I could have. I probably would have crashed and burned. But um, they were here, so they got me through it. Plus, my brother was a lot of support. So they're the ones that got me through this. Exactly. You know, if, if all else fails, you can always go back to your family. What is your motivation to keep going? Because not every kid has the faith to just keep going through all of this. So what's your why? Um, service to others, because that's really important. And I think people need help right now. And you can actually pick your color and critter that's on my store right now. So um, I have yellow stars right now. And you can just look down and look at the colors and be happy. And um, I think that's amazing. And yeah, that's what I want to do. Service to others. Your motivation is, you know, like seeing people happy. That's great. So you said your dream job was at Nike, like the president of Nike, the CEO of Nike. What more in detail? Maybe I can partner up with Nike. That would be awesome. And then we can make like, I don't know, like a type of crit, but Nike shoe. Like we put our shoes together and then that would be a really cool shoe. That would be a really cool shoe. And it would be something that I think a lot of people would buy. Um, I'm a Nike person and I, I would definitely, you know, go for that. So when you grow up, do you hope to be like the next Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates? Um, yes, I hope to be one of those people because they are inspiring lots of people and made lots of things. And I hope to help people too. All right. So if you place you in 30 years, I know 30 years, where do you think you'll be when you're what, 34? Um, I think I would be in stores telling my company, but I would also go around the world and people that need help, I would help them and I'd give them money so that they can afford food and water and people who need water and food, I would just give it to them because they need those things so i just want to be nice like like a bill gates foundation like philanthropy type thing yeah like um a huge program it's great that you know you take all the influence from crits and do something great with it so if someone wanted to replicate what you're doing what's the single biggest piece of advice you would give them persevere for sure um write down your ideas just that's what you need to do. And my, if I could pick one of those or caring about people, um, it would probably be caring about other people than just yourself. So you would think about other people than what you want because what you want might not want other people want. So you would just like make something that like fits their needs. Yeah, so where can some of our listeners find out more about crits and possibly even buy some crits? 
Um, you can go to crits.com, C-R-I-T-T-S.com, and you can see my story if you want to learn more and possibly buy my shoes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for um, having me here. Um, I really appreciate it. That was Carter Ba, the 11-year-old founder, creator, and CEO of Crits Shoes. When people normally hear the word kid entrepreneur, they think of a little kid on the street selling lemonade. And while many times that's true, Carter is a perfect example of the heights kids can reach. This week, the first couple pairs are being shipped out, and I know Carter and everyone who bought the shoes are so excited. And soon, they'll be in Nordstrom for even more of you to pick up. No, I say this all the time, but genuinely, this episode was one of my favorites, and I'm so excited to see where Crits is going to go. To keep up with them, head to crits.com, C-R-I-T-T-S.com, or their Instagram page at Crits Shoes, and those links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Kid CEO. If you support what we're doing, just head to Apple Podcasts and drop us a rating. This was an amazing episode, and I can't wait to catch you all next week with another amazing kid. Special thanks to Talia Rahman, our audio engineer for the Kid CEO podcast, Bella Yoon, our social media director, and Ada Kasi, our outreach director. And thank you to you all for listening. If you want to show your support, just give us a review on Apple Podcasts and even consider subscribing. And make sure you're up to date with all Kid CEO on our Instagram page at Kid CEO Podcast. This is Benjamin Wong signing off.